welcome back to the Eight Ponds Podcast. This is your host, Ryan Cretans. This is episode five. I have a very special guest with me, longtime friend and a very successful um, entrepreneur himself. Um, I, I'm just going to get right into it. You know, I, I believe this individual has <laughs> inspired me in a number of different ways uh, since we were younger. Um, we actually played soccer together, uh, youth soccer. Uh, used to score goals back and forth. We used to assist each other on and off the field. So, uh, you know, built a, a strong relationship there. Um, obviously, as life comes into the mix, uh, we've gone our separate ways, but, you know, we've always stayed um, cordial and, and friendly. And um, I would still consider him one of my, my long term friends. So, um, today's episode is, again, a part of a mini subset series of the eight areas of wellness. This will um, encapsulate the first eight episodes of uh, the 64 episode series of the Eight Pawns podcast. So uh, without further ado, um, we have intellectual wellness with uh, none other than uh, Andrew Mangani. Andrew, thank you for joining me. It's great to see you. Um, I've been talking to, <laughs> it's funny. I was talking to my mom. I was like, I'm about to talk to Andrew. She's like, really? I'm like, yeah, the man, the myth, the legend. I've never, I haven't heard from him in a couple of years. So um, I'll shut up though. And I just want you to take it away, Andrew. Just um, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Honored to be here. Uh, actually listened into your past uh, episodes. They've been great. Um, yeah. As Brian said, you know, we've been really good friends since you soccer. I think that was like, I know. 12 13 years ago at this point like it's pretty pretty far back which is kind of insane yeah like, like like you mentioned like i really feel like me and you playing striker was like the best pairing ever <laughs> i mean that was like oh man it was so good uh um, we saw it man we saw it back and forth we we could see the vision on the field i loved it yeah i feel like we had a good like we had good chemistry we could like read each other well and like we we're on the same page all the time so definitely yeah. And, and I, I love that, you know, the, the ability to, um, you know, allow allow each other uh, to shine, so to speak, in, in the moments. And we saw, you know, the in, other individual had the better opportunity to go after, um, you know, go after that goal. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we had each other's best interest at mind. I feel like, and, uh, yeah, that's really what you want. And the uh, person you play with or, you know, your friend. So That's right. And, and I always remember if it was yourself or if it was uh if it was me your father was always <laughs> let's i smell a go i loved it um well andrew uh again i appreciate you joining me if you want just tell me a little bit about your backstory um what has brought you to where you are right now with medici athletic and uh you know tell me what you've been doing since you've <laughs> You've uh, you last seen me on the soccer field. Yeah. Um, let me see. Let's see, let's see where I, where I should start. Um, so I was I was born in Kenya, um, Nairobi, Kenya. I grew up there until I was about eight. Um, and in two thousand three, my dad brought the whole family to uh, to America to North Carolina, um, specifically to pursue his education. He was pursuing his master's and uh, PhD um, at the theological seminary in Wake Forest, actually. So. Uh, we moved to Wake Forest. I grew up in Wake Forest. That's how I met you, where I met you. We went to the um, same high school together. I went to Wake Forest High School. Um, and uh, and when I was in high school, I think one of my biggest like 
my goal was to go to college and not have like the financial burden of having to pay for it or having my parents having to pay for it. Um, I didn't really care what college I went to. It was just maybe go to college and have it paid. Uh, I was fortunate to go to uh, Columbia University in New York on a full ride. Um, and, and when I got there, I think the first, really the, my key goal at this point now was make money. Like, I want to make a lot of money. How do I make money? Um, and with like the vicinity of, of Wall Street being so nearby, first thing I was really focused on doing was finance initially. Uh, so I was a finance uh, or finan financial engineering major. Um, I was interviewing with the banks. Um, and I, I liked it in the fact that, you know, it's like, it'll, it will allow you to make money, but I really wanted to do something that allowed me to make money, but also I enjoyed it at the same time. Hmm. Uh, so that's when I kind of started switching over more to computer science. Um, this was like sophomore year, junior year of college. I had the opportunity to go uh, intern at Facebook for two summers. Um, and then I, I had an offer to go there after after I finished undergrad, but um, I instead went, uh, stayed at Columbia and did my master's in artificial intelligence. Um, at that point, I uh, I interned at Google for a summer, uh, got a full-time offer to come back. Um, and uh, yeah, came back, I'm a software engineer at Google right now, uh, but I'm also working uh, with uh, some of my friends on a startup called Medici Athletic. Um, and that, yeah, that kind of brings us to where we are today. So you're busy, man. You're still working at Google while you're running your business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Google's my, my, I guess, main thing I do, main source of income. And then Medici Athletic is kind of like the startup that, you know, it'd be great if that could become the main thing as well. So. Right. Well, tell, tell me a little bit about that startup, if you don't mind sharing. Um, what is, you know, what is the goal there? And, um, you know, where, where would you like to see yourself within that organization, uh, you know, five years from now? Yeah. Uh, so, so with the, um, I'm not sure if you've heard, but like recently the NCAA released the NIL, the new NIL rule, right? So allowing players to, you know, monetize their name, image, likeness. Um, so Medici Athletic essentially is a platform that we're, we're building to, um, one, allow athletes to build their brand. Uh, two, allow them to uh, apply as a platform that allows businesses to create deals with the athletes. Mm. Uh, and three, allow the athletes to create their own kind of deals and packages and, and, uh, and kind of like brand themselves and sell that. Um, so just kind of a, something we started with uh, some of my friends uh, from high school, actually, just to just for fun, really, just like let's just build a business together. Awesome. Um, and it's starting to get traction. Um, I mean, the goal is for, you know, us to one, be able to help these athletes, right, become more than just like, just like a quick paycheck, like to actually build their brands, like for themselves out, even when they're outside of like college, when they're done playing, things like that, for them to have like something that's like tangible with them that they could like continue to pursue. Um, yeah, that's the that's the real the goal, and it'd be cool if we could do it. So no, man, I I appreciate that. Um, really interested in, in what what that looks like for you guys. Um, I, I, I am curious though, since you are, you know, full-time at Google, how is that balance? How are you balancing, uh, that workload and what does that entail on like a, a daily and even like a weekly basis? Like what kind of time commitment are you putting into that? 
uh, yeah, so I think one thing I had to learn at when I started working at, like, just, I guess, in tech companies in general is, like, work-life balance. Mm -hmm. um, so previously, like, I'm just going to work. Like, I, I enjoy working personally. Right. <laughs> so if I enjoy doing it, like, why not put in the extra hours every night, right? Like, but I had to learn that, like, you know, it's a balance, right? I wanted, like, I want to work, but I also want to do these other things. So it's it's not too bad these days. It's like, you know, nine to five, essentially, is what I work. Uh, and then after that, I got, like, the rest of the day. Like, I, I probably take an hour, two hours here and there uh, to do stuff with the brand. Um, we have weekly calls uh, for about an hour every Sunday. Uh, so it's not, it's really not too bad. And um, we got the whole, like a whole team working on it right now. So uh, it's just everyone chipping in a few hours and able to kind of make it balance out. I hear that. So what do you find yourself doing outside of work? Um, let's see, outside of work, um, I like working out, staying healthy, uh, gotten into running. Uh, I really like playing tennis. Um, love listening to music, going to concerts, hanging out with my friends, uh, playing soccer still, a little bit of indoor soccer here and there. <laughs> um, yeah, playing basketball. That's really it. Staying active, I think, is the most, uh, the thing I'd say I do the most outside of um, outside of work and stuff like that. But um, also, like, like just hanging out, watching TV. That's really it. Big time, man. Well. You know, I, I think that is a great primer for for what we're going to get into, because obviously you have a a realm of great experience, you know, uh, from the financial world to obviously the big biggest tech companies, as we know, um, in the world uh, to date. Right. Uh, within the sphere of. Essentially mankind. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I credit you with with all of that. Accomplishment, but there's something that has gotten you to that accomplishment. And I want to peel those layers back. Obviously, today's episode is about intellectual wellness. I've always thought you've been the, one of the smartest people I've ever uh, had the opportunity to know. Um, just the way your brain works was very uh, intriguing to me. I was just like, man, this, this guy's just got it, you know? So talk to me, obviously a little bit of that, some God-given talent, but talk to me a little bit about, you know, what you are doing or what you have done to essentially prime yourself for um, these opportunities in life, right? I think that is, these are dreams that a lot of people have, right? Being able to work for big companies like this. Uh, how have you done it? How have you got there? How did you, you know, land a, a full-time or full-time ride with, you know, Columbia University? Just peel those layers back a little bit. Yeah, um, good question. Let's see. Uh, I really feel like, honestly, I, I, I would actually say, like, I don't feel like there's anything special about me, really. Mm. Uh, but I do feel like I've, I'm special in the fact that I have had the opportunity of, like, I, or I guess I'm privileged in the fact that, you know, I grew up with parents who cared about education, right? Like, they kind of taught me since a young age, like, this is a key thing that will, can help you go far. It's one, free, right? Two, you know, I was privileged to be in it in a, in the United States where like everyone is entitled to an education, right? We all get this essentially an equalish education, um, and so like you know, it was really just me making the most of it. Um, 
Yeah, my parents were big on education, taught me how important it was. I was able to, it kind of clicked for me. I was able to see how important it was, like how like this really could take me uh, a long way. So I really cared about my studies. I really cared about learning. Um, two, I, I like, or I guess three, I had, you know, set goals in mind, right? Like I kind of referenced that earlier. Like my goal was just go to college and not have to pay for it. Right. And like, I guess it was like, I had something like I had that in mind and I was able to kind of like just do the preparation for it. And like, um, what's that? There's that saying like uh, success is preparation meeting opportunity, right? You got to do the work and like the opportunities will come. Are you going to be ready to take advantage of them? Mm. Um, so, you know, I was, I was fortunate to have friends that kind of like would reference different kind of programs in high school that kind of helped me build up my resume and just kind of like help me get my foot in the door. Um, that's what, that's how, you know, I was able to go to Columbia and like, it's the same way with tech. Like I had friends that were just like, Hey, you know, I know you're kind of saying, you were saying that you're not really into the whole finance thing. What about tech? Mm -hmm. You know, I can help you with the application. This is what it looks like. Um, you know, the deadlines are coming up. We're all applying. Let's all apply. Mm -hmm. Well, um, so, um, you know, partly is the people I surrounded myself with, partly it's, you know, preparation. Um, and I, I mean, a, a big part of it is just hard work, right? Like right. being able to put in the work, uh, being diligent about it, being disciplined. Um, and uh, yeah, being diligent, disciplined, and uh, being able to sacrifice. Honestly, I think that's another mm -hmm. key part of it. Like, it's not gonna be easy. But if you're if what you want is that important, you're willing to sacrifice some things for it, right? Definitely. No, it, you know, one thing that I've struggled with in, in my career development is like, you know, I, I go play. My dream was always just to play college soccer. I didn't I didn't even want to play professional soccer. Uh, I think that to have like a, a small opportunity to just sign a professional contract was cool. Um, but I've always, I always just wanted to play college soccer. I just wanted kind of the same instance, go to, go to college and, um, have my education paid for in addition to sports, right. Get a scholarship to play at, a, you know, the highest level, um, in collegiate sports. I thought that was something, uh, that was like an amazing opportunity. Like I always found myself as funny. Like when I was growing up playing video games, I was not playing a lot of the professional video games like the Maddens I was playing the college games because that's I don't know it's just something that aligned with my values and where I, I wanted to set out to and you know I, I think you hit on one thing in particular that uh, I struggle with which is w w what is leading me into this conversation is you're surrounding, surrounding yourself with the right people right surrounding yourself with the individuals that are going to get you to the places that you want to be with like this mutual outlook on life. Um, you know, what are some key characteristics that you see in others that, you know, make or inspire you to surround yourself with them? Yeah. Um, you know, I think first thing that comes to mind is driven. Mm. Um, like I feel like essentially all my close friends have goals of what they want to do in life, mm. essentially, or at least like, short-term goals of what they want to do uh second thing is that they're i'd say caring like i feel like my friends look out for me i look out for them you know we look out for each other mm. um 
those are the top two that come to mind. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess I'd say, yeah, diligent as well. Kind of referenced it earlier. You know, they're on it. Like right. these people push me. You know what I mean? You want people who like kind of push you in mm -hmm. a way that like to be your best self, essentially, or to like achieve what you want to achieve. No, I love that. I love that. I'm still, still striving to, you know, surround myself with the best individuals in my life as well. You know, it's been trials and tribulations. It's definitely something you learn the hard way for sure. Um, funny story, like even my internship at Google, uh, like I really didn't feel like I was ready. So I, I would hold it off. They'd say, Hey, just apply, just apply. Mm -hmm. Right. I held off, I held off till the point where my friends were literally on the computer with me, putting in the application and being like, I'm about to hit send mm. right now. Like, you're okay with this, right? <laughs> well, also kind of like, I have people who look out for me that much that they're like, literally like, I'm pushing you through this door right now because, you know, your own doubts are holding yourself back. So, mm. yeah. No, I, I like how this podcast has, has swayed from really this this intellectual wellness to more of like an emotional intelligence, right? So, you know, being able to, and I think in its own sense, they kind of run in tandem with one another, right? Intellectual wellness, emotional intelligence, uh, have a lot of similarities and, and ties in order to drive success for the better half of where you want to go, uh, so to speak. So now I, I grateful for you sharing that. Um, you know, it's a good reflection point as well. Uh, but let's let's tap into that intellectual side because I I want to I want to open this brain up, man. <laughs> um, talk to me about some advice that you could give to somebody that is exiting high school right now. Like, what advice can you give to those in upcoming generations and even our generation to advance or really enhance their intellect? Like, what are some things that you have done or, or they could do um to you know take the next step or level up so to speak yeah um i'd say one just look for opportunities go on internet what well first i guess try to find your passions right what do you want to do and, and and that that you don't have to know initially really just try to think of a few things of like you want things you want to try right don't be scared to try things um and then you know once you kind of have those in mind look for opportunities the opportunities are out there right like I'll, there was tons of like high school visitation programs to colleges where they're going to pay to fly you out hmm. if you get it right like that's no skin off your back that's literally a free trip to new york or or, or you know chicago wherever I'm, and it's like it's just like they're there looking for talent right so you just got to like be able to put a little bit of work in to kind of surface those because it's like it's kind of one of those things where if you know you know essentially and i was you know fortunate to have people that told me you know so yeah definitely look for opportunities um you know and, and don't be scared of things you don't know right mm -hmm. don't be scared to ask questions don't be scared to uh talk to people kind of pick their brain get to learn get to learn about what they do you know um if you look up to them like learn about how they got to where whatever they're doing uh you know uh, people are really willing to help Help each other out. I feel like, yeah. Um, human psychology states that uh, most humans want to help if asked. So I, I, I see it, you know, and, and I, 
Definitely. And from the other side, it's like, it can be intimidating. Like I've, mm -hmm. I've been in, in, in interviews where I'm like, oh my gosh, what's this person going to think of me? Right? Like, mm -hmm. what if they think, oh, I don't know anything. And on the other side, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I'm an interviewer now. I'm like, I don't want to screw this up. Like, <laughs> I guess it seems great. You know, it's like, we're just human beings. Like right. it's, it's really like, it's human nature to, to feel that. But yeah, it's definitely human nature just to like, to help each other out. Hmm. Well, I actually yeah. need to add real quick that like also it's the intellectual wellness thing is so important these days because like I feel like the bar got higher right like with mm -hmm. our generation the bar got higher the competition I feel like is at it's like essentially all time high now right like a lot of different places you need a degree just to get your foot in the door right for them to just like take you seriously which is like in my opinion like that's pretty outrageous but that's the way things are right like. Mm -hmm. Being able to enhance your intellectual wellness will kind of give you like it will open the door to more opportunities. Um, yeah, competition is really high, but you know you got to be willing to put the work in. Essentially, oh, no, I 100% agree with you, and uh, you know it's it's funny because I'm all about self education. I love self education. I love reading you know books. I love you know watching videos, listening to podcasts, and I feel like you can have. Uh, a ton of takeaways uh, from a lot of this literature and a, a lot of these conversations that can benefit you in the long run. Um, but the status of an education is something that is commonly looked at in like a corporate workplace, right? Or a work environment. Uh, can you talk about some ways in which you can get creative with maybe some of that self-education uh, and how you can apply that to set yourself apart within like a corporate environment yeah um you know self-education is huge like i said like i i mentioned that competition is the highest it's ever been but it's also the opportunities and resources out there that's also the highest it's ever been right mm -hmm. we have the internet where you can get courses from the top universities for free online they provide it right the whole like you're you're getting all 16 lectures right online mm -hmm. for free so if you're like you know nervous about I want to try this thing, but I'm not sure. Try to look for an online course about it. Mm. Try to look for a book on it. You know, uh, there's so many books out there, you know, like tons of books that you can just kind of learn from. Um, just, just look for them, right? And these people have been in your shoes. And it's, I think it's easiest when you're learning kind of from someone else who's been through it or had provides that, like those resources to you. Um, so yeah, look, definitely. Doing that will kind of, it, it will definitely elevate you in terms of a corporate environment because like you, having that on your resume or having some kind of skill set that you can build up and bring into it, it's like you're really bringing something to the table, right? Like that's really going to stand set you apart from your peers and um, in like corporate environment and like other places as well. So uh, yeah, and, and you know, considering that you're you're now a um, a business owner and you're expanding your team, right? Uh, you know, what are you looking for in your candidates? Like what is, what is that key factor in the marketability of one's background that just stands out to you? You're like, damn, that's a great candidate. Uh, I think one part of it is like passion, right? Like passion is what's going to make you look for other courses, right? Online to mm -hmm. kind of, just because you you care so much about what you want to do that you're willing to put in that extra work to do it, 
mm. right, to get to that point. Uh, passion, I'd say, is like one of the top things to me. Um, uh, two is like, you know, not as much, but like confidence, I think, is part of it, right? Com confidence in the right places, just like being able to have faith in what you know, but also like understand what you don't know and mm. being willing to ask questions about that. So, uh, yeah, those, those are probably two that I'd say really would set you apart. Awesome. So uh, really like a, a some self-awareness is definitely what you're looking for in a candidate. And what about like the, the technical side? Like what's on paper? Does that even like, does that stuff matter when you're looking at candidates? Uh, you know, I think technical stuff does matter. I, I will, I will be honest, but that stuff like that's literally like stuff you can just practice and build up. So, right. you know, um, let's say for instance, like coding programming, right? Like for, so long that was kind of the barrier that was pre preventing me from going into tech because i'm like i'm going to be literally with an interviewer for an hour just like they give me a problem and i'm coding it up trying to solve it <laughs> i'm so intimidated like, that's like you know it's it's really intense like it's just like I mean, if you see it like i guess i don't know if movies portray it but like it's really intense but the thing is, it's like a game, right? It's like it, it can be gamed. It's something. It's like a skill that you can practice and get better at. So, um, you know, in my case, I just like went online. You know, looked at different places like Leak Code. Um, you know, cracking the coding interview. There's tons of like, you know, this is a book and like you know a site where you can just kind of learn and be like, okay, these are these are the kind of problems there are. These are the ways to tackle them, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, essentially, this is just providing the tools of how to tackle different problems and um like those tools are kind of necessary because those are the things that are going to help you within your like right. working life that makes sense that makes sense mm -hmm. well i'm going to pivot andrew and you know obviously this this podcast is called the eight ponds podcast and there's a a um a, a backstory to this and you know i think i talked a lot about it in the first episode with Mr. Bullock, but uh, essentially I view the game of life very similar to the game of chess, right? Uh, the game of chess is one that has a series of calculated moves, a lot of premeditated planning, uh, a lot of just preconceived thought on the front end before you even make moves, right? Uh, but then there's also the, you know, <laughs> your ability to make the moves and ability to make the right moves uh, at the right time um, in the right situations. So I want to talk about chess as it pertains to intellectual wellness. And I want to talk about whether or not, you know, you, I'm sure you've had, I don't want to assume, but I'm sure you've played the game. Um, if not, you know, if, if you're not an avid chess player, um, you know, we can just talk about the, the basics of it, but, you know, what kind of navigating on your playing board have you had to do within the respect of the environments in which you've been a part of, like a Google, like a Facebook? Those are highly competitive organizations. What kind of chess playing is being done at that level? Yeah, um, good question. Um, I'd say. I'd say most of the competitive side of it comes from like the application and trying to get in mm. just because there's just such a 
so many people want to work there, right? But once you're there, I've found like this is the reason why I really like like these kind of places in tech in general is like, or at least in my experience, it's been I've gotten to work with like really brilliant, like really smart people who are also super nice. Right. Also, like like it's the like it's so amazing because you have these people who have done these amazing things, have these amazing backgrounds, and they're willing to sit down and talk with you through a problem that like, you know, to them took takes like five minutes to do, to me took an hour to do, right? <laughs> but things like that, it's like, all right, now that they've done that for me, I'm more willing to do that for the next person. Mm. 100%, right? Because it's like, people looked out for them, they're, they're now looking out for me and I'm looking out for people. Like it's essentially like paying it forward. So, you know, a lot of the, like it hasn't been too much. I think, well, I think part of the navigation has been one, like you got to have the confidence to realize you're here for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you have a seat at the table for a reason. I think, you know, for a long time I had like, it's this thing called imposter syndrome. I don't know if you've heard of it, but like essentially it's the feeling of like, I, I don't belong here. I essentially got here. It's like by, by like happenstance, right? This is mm -hmm. luck that it, I ended up here just based on luck and you know one day they're gonna find out that i don't belong here they kick me out right <laughs> and, and that's so like oppressing because it's like that stifles your creativity that's mm. like you're less um likely to ask questions in that stand in that scenario because you know you don't want people to think that like oh i'm dumb or something like that you know um and so like I, i'd say part of like the navigation has been like finding that inner confidence right i remember like the first day i started at uh google and this was like this was a big moment for me because essentially it was my dream job and i remember being in like the orientation room and like we were all just doing a practice like um it was like a little it was a really small programming thing to like just kind of get familiar with all the different tools and the way you submit code at google and i was having some trouble just like on my computer and i and i remember like you know i tried to ask the instructor for help but he came around he said i'll be right back and then you know there's like you know a bunch of other people raising their hands too um and we kind of ran out of time and at one point i'm just sitting there in the in the room it's like i think my class of incoming like interns like 300 people wow. i'm like i'm by myself at this point mm -hmm. sitting in the room just still trying to figure this thing out right <laughs> and that was probably one of the lowest moments for me i'm like this is literally like, I literally feel like I don't belong. Everyone else is done and they've left. Mm. And I remember like, I called, you know, some of my best friends up. I called my parents up that later that night. And I was like, hey, do I really like, can I like really make it out here? Is this like really for me? Mm. And I remember like, it was like essentially like a virgin breakdown. Mm. But you know, I talked with everyone and it's like, you know, after that it's kind of like, yeah, like I'm here for a reason. And I'm a competitive guy. I think that's part of what kind of like what's gotten to this point. I'm like, I at least feel like I can outwork you. Right. And, um, you know, uh, luckily, like one of my one of my best friends actually from high school, I was staying with him at, um, in his dorm that that year, uh, Brian Spells. I think, you know, him actually. Mm -hmm. um, and, and he put me on to David Goggins that summer. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and man, that like uh, that carried me through that summer where I'm like, all right, my my solution to that is that I can outwork every person here. I think, right? I can mm -hmm. be the first person to work and like the last one to leave. Don't get me wrong; 
I don't have that mentality anymore. It's it's you can only really be on that go mode for certain periods of your life. I feel like right. You can you have to switch switch it on and off. We can't be like that all the time, right? And that comes with sacrifices of like you know other things where you know I put relationships at at hold things like that, right? Where I'm just like, this is the thing I need to work on right now, and this is what I'm gonna do. Mm. Well, I was kind of like go mode in that, and and that you know. For me, that helped me build up my confidence, you know, to the point of like now I'm like, yeah, if if I work on something and I'm stuck on it for an hour, I'm just gonna ask for help, right? Mm-hmm. Like the like the likelihood that someone else has gotten stuck on this is probably really high. You don't think of it in the moment, but it is. So, right, you know, being able to navigate, being able to uh, by asking questions, um, having that confidence to be like, you know, this is what I bring to the table, mm-hmm. and and that helps you kind of showcase those skills. I'd say. I love that response, Andrew. That's yeah. that's awesome. I really appreciate that story. That is, uh, you know, it, it's crazy because we all go through pitfalls in life. We all go through the trials and tribulations, and um, that's what makes us human, right? Uh, you know, the human error and the the ability to fail, but then what you do after that failure is uh, is what's going to make you immensely successful, in my opinion. So. I thought that was an awesome story. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and, and I'm just going to make a, a small plug. I, have you ever watched the sh- the Social Network? The movie? Yeah. yeah. So it's it has not it's nothing like that <laughs> cutthroat culture that is portrayed in the movie. At least at the level I was working at, it hasn't been like that. Thankfully, um, I understand that you know, like. It's just a different kind of game once you get to like the upper levels, I'm sure. Mm. But you know, I didn't have to run to that. Like at all the people I met there, super great. I'm still like those are the, some of the best friends I have. Like or, or mm. people I met in those programs and people I work with, just because you know the like I said before, the values kind of were similar. Uh, we all looked out for each other. It's like we all had that mindset. Everyone can eat. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like, and I still feel like, like we all can eat. You know, it's, you know. So it's like there's no point in me trying to like shove out the next guy to try to get this opportunity. Right. No, that's, uh, that's, I love that. I love that. That's, um, it's a good eye opening lesson just for, for anybody, right. That is thinking about like wanting to make it to the top. It's not, that's not the culture that is breeded, um, for, for, you know, your representation of what that looks like. Uh, within that workplace culture, I think a lot of people have this this hustle mentality. I think it's really put, portrayed on like social media, uh, for instance, where you know you got to cut down everybody to get to this you know upper echelon of <laughs> existence, right? Uh, yeah. Whether that's in your workplace environment, whether that is in you know your um, your day to day relationships, it's it's just not like that. So yeah, and I think that's one of the things that's like so intimidating about tech. Um, I feel like people like it, it really does feel like intimidating. It's like, how can I get my foot in the door? Or, like once I'm there, it's like, you know, I'm essentially going to be fighting to swim, stay above water, essentially. And like, um, you know, one of the things I did during the pandemic was like started hosting workshops, you know, resume workshops, you know, technical um, interview workshops and just workshops where I just kind of talk about my daily life, essentially, as an engineer. Um, I think those are important because it's like, I really feel like anyone could do tech. Mm. I'm not even joking. Like, it's just the fact that like, do people want to try, right? Like, do like, if you give it a go, I'm telling you, like, 
you like people really can do it. It's just about like taking that leap of faith and that having that belief that they can do it. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, another quick question for you while we're on the topic of, of chess, actually, let me, let me backtrack. We'll, we'll get to that question in a second. Um, I'm, I'm just curious, have you ever met Mark Zuckerberg? And if so, uh, what are your, you know, uh, <laughs> impressions of him? Yeah. Um, yeah, I got to meet him. Um, uh, this is back when I think you know Facebook was hosting like weekly Q and A sessions every Friday. Um, I think it was like Q and A with Zuck or something like that. Mm. Um, and uh, one of one of the things I learned in uh, in school is like if you're on that front three rows, like I think there was like studies done. Um, someone came in and told us it's like you're you just like have increased your chance of like different kind of opportunities just from sitting in the first three rows of something, right? Whether that's the first three rows of class, first three rows of a presentation, whatever. It's like one, you're going to be more kind of in tune. Two, the presenter is just there. Like, you know, they get to kind of, you kind of make more eye contact with them, you know, once you're in front. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, we got to have like intern Q and A's and I would try to sit front row um, and uh, got to meet him. He's really, I guess, calm, calm kind of guy. Um, I, I, he didn't really make an impression on me. He was just very like, hey, you know, just like <laughs> really like, all right, um, cool. You know, um, I got to meet Cheryl Sandberg, who was a uh, um, top executive there as well. Uh, she was great. She was definitely more, uh, what's the word? She definitely looked like, more well spoken, I would say, and more like willing to kind of talk to you and get to know you. Mm. Um, so that was really cool. Um, but I would say, like, you know, those those chances to meet other people, and I just like part of it was on me to, for not like taking those opportunities. It's like uh, Lucky Palmer, who's the who created the Oculus, was there. Mm. A lot of people got to meet meet him. I didn't, I didn't mean just because that was like the first person that that we had an opportunity to meet, and I was like, huh. Nervous about meeting him, right? So I kind of like froze up, um, and I didn't, I didn't, you know, go to try to say hey. Um, but yeah, those, you know, they're human beings too, right? Mm -hmm. like, they're well, happy there, you know. They're they're great. Well, in consideration of you know, like bleeding edge um, technologies, right? Uh, obviously, blockchain is is something that has come to surface over the last probably two to three years in, in terms of like social media and, and really, you know, talking about what the development or the evolution of currency could look like. Um, and just, you know, web three development, what is, what is your take on the future of one, the internet, the future of currency, Bitcoin, uh, cryptocurrencies and what have it. And, uh, you know, what blockchain could do for, for us and for, the future and and for those that might not be in the know um like potential listeners that don't really understand blockchain could you break that down briefly before you give your answer sure yeah um well i i i'm not too into blockchain but right like what i believe it is it's like uh essentially like you have a digital ledger um you have uh like uh what's the word essentially you don't, you won't have a centralized person that's making the decision of 
right? This is on the ledger, this is true or not, right? You have like a distributed set of nodes that can essentially verify these things. Like, all right, let's say, uh, you know, Ryan buys something for me, right? Um, this goes onto the ledger. One of the nodes that's distributed, like, can verify this. Uh, and this is a powerful tool, right? Like right now, like, for like, let's say money, you have a central bank that's essentially holding all this money and uh, they're the one that controlled the ledger. Um, and, you know, with blockchain, essentially it's distributing that out. Each node has the ledger and can add, make additions to the ledger and it's all there concrete. And, um, I, I think, yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the technology itself, like the idea of it, it definitely can make a lot of changes, right? Like, I do feel like, you know, it is very up in the air though, right? Like mm. I can't say for sure whether like the cryptocurrency itself is going to be the next currency, right? Like mm. in a hundred years, are we going to be using like cryptocurrency as the main form of currency? Who knows? Like I, I really don't know. It's something like investing wise, you know, I got in it for fun a handful of years ago with some of my friends and, you know, I was able to have, I was fortunate to be able to put in money with like, oh, I could make money, I could lose money. I don't really mm -hmm. care, right? I'm just putting it in and seeing. Um, so um, with anything, I'd say like, definitely do your research. I haven't done enough research to really like take it like super seriously. Um, I know there's people out there who take it super seriously. I know there's people out there who are like, this is garbage, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'd say do your own research. Um, I think the technology behind it itself is sound, right? Um, it's just about whether it's going to turn out. And do, you feel, do you feel like it's overly romanticized in the tech world? I mean, I think, let's say a year ago it was, right? Like price, price of Bitcoin was like 60,000. 60, right. Um, and, it, it, you know, like with, it, with any new technology, it's going to be hyped up at first, right? Like, the dot the dot com bubble burst mm -hmm. early two thousands, right? I'm not saying this is going to burst or anything like that. I'm just saying like, you know, be wary and I'd say like anything like diversify your portfolio, right? Mm -hmm. Like don't just overly invest into one thing because, I mean, I mean, if you have the means to do it and you want to do it, go for it. But you know, it's risky. Right, right, right. No, I, I. Uh... I dabble myself in, in the cryptocurrency space. Um, I got in it probably not. This is probably about two years ago, but um, no, I, I've been following, you know, different um, different cryptocurrencies. Obviously, you know, you've got your your main Bitcoin is like the king coin, so to speak, right? Uh, everything has kind of stemmed off of that ideology, and now. To piggyback off of what you said, yes, I, I encourage people to do their own research. I do have this like gut feeling for some some reason that it's going to shake things up. I just wanted to get your perspective and opinion about um, what that looked like because I know like Meta, for existence or for example, uh, Facebook is working on the metaverse, right? Is working on this ideology of um, creating this virtual world to interact in and you know you have your 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 gaming uh, technologies like epic games that are starting to do um, very similar things as well so um 
considering that you were in the the day-to-day -day hustle of that <laughs> i was just yeah. wondering if that's uh <laughs> that's like things like that i actually think are, are pretty cool right like if, mm -hmm. if you know let's say that catches on right the metaverse right we could be having a podcast there right sitting down actually next to each other talking about this right right i i, I think you know i like new technology right like i'm like i'd say like i would never hate against it right because it's like I don't know if it can really change people's lives then that's that's a great thing right but like with everything right too too much of it could be a bad thing of course you know social media is great mm. but too much of it is probably bad or not even probably bad it is bad right mm. so you know yeah i'm i'm definitely optimistic but i guess cautiously cautiously optimistic of course of yeah. course <laughs> as we should be <laughs> i just never know right um I'm going to push that chess question off one more time, but since we're on the topic of intellectual wellness and, and, and tying that into finance, uh, like financial freedom, so to speak, uh, you know, the, the overall intention of the eight ponds podcast is to get individuals one square closer to financial freedom. And the reasoning behind these first eight episodes of exploring the eight areas of wellness is to set up a solid foundational uh, outlook um, and just intentional grounding of where you can explore uh, heightening levels of your 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 wellness areas to get you in a good place to start investing, right? Uh, I think that is key. Like anybody can just roll the dice and throw uh, throw them on the table. But I do believe there are elements within your your life, um, you know, your intellectual wellness. Uh, obviously your social, environmental, physical, what have it, all of those key areas are pertinent to developing a lifestyle that can get you one square closer to your financial freedom goals. So that's why I've started at that basic foundation, foundational level, because um, while it, you know, sits under create equity, which is the, you know, the parent company, um, much like a house, you have to have a solid foundation before you build on top of that. Right. So, considering you know intellectual wellness and how it ties into financial freedom um, goals can you talk a little bit about one your goals some alternative investment strategies that you might be utilizing that i mean obviously this is not financial advice and anybody that is listening um you know obviously please be cautious and don't follow mangani's you know uh way of doing things although i i you know we'll take some key takeaways from what he has said uh, and chew on them, but talk a little bit about, you know, those alternative investment strategies, what you're doing to set yourself up for financial freedom. And if you're comfortable, you know, tell us about what you expect to see, you know, in the next several years for the benefit of Andrew Mangani. Yeah, I can definitely do that. Um, uh, where do I start? Let's see, I, I, I'll give, I'll give financial advice right here. Sure. Um, <laughs> let's say, uh, so the first thing is try to understand like the, I wouldn't say basics, but like kind of like what you're working with, right? Look at your past, look at an average spending month, like three average spending months, right? Take a look and average out your expenses. Um, like the first thing before you even get into investing, you gotta understand like how much money you're making, right? Like what you have to work with. So, Take a look at three months of like average expenses, 
um, take the average of that, then take your uh, income coming in, subtract that. All right, this is the cash you have to play with, essentially, right? Mm -hmm. Take a look at that per month. And then I'd say like, have like a rainy day fund, essentially of six to 12 months of like, this is how much money I need to live on in like this, this many months, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like when you're younger, I think the risk, you have less risk because it's like, all right, I can always you know, kind of like move back home depending on the situation. But mm -hmm. you know, uh, a lot of times young people, you have more of kind of like a fallback option. So, you know, it doesn't have to be like six to 12 months of expenses saved up. It can be like, let's say three, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's up to you, you and how, what your perceived risk is. But I'd say definitely have that just in the bank, right? At easily accessible in case anything happens, you can assess this. Now take that remaining, now, all right, now that you have that, I'd say um, if your job allows you to have a, a, like matches your 401k, max that out for sure. Like that's just money you're leaving on the table. Definitely mm -hmm. do that. Um, if you, you know, don't have that, you know, set up a, a Roth IRA, um, a Roth 401k, essentially just a retirement fund. And I would say put in like even $10 a month, mm -hmm. you know, compounding interest. It's going to add up. It's going to stack up, right? That's like compounding interest is the magical word of like <laughs> what allows you to have blank amount of dollars down the line by just putting in, you know, this much money in now, right? Mm -hmm. um, so definitely do that. Uh, I'd say also getting into get into investing. Um, you don't have to. You really don't have to like look around for what's this. What's the best stock here and there? You can definitely can, right? But don't let that hold you off from just starting to invest. Mm -hmm. So I'd say get into mutual funds. Those are really low risk, right? It's essentially like diversifying your portfolio for you. The mutual fund it just you know kind of takes the a variety of like essentially picks and you have them all in this mutual fund. So you could literally just invest with mutual funds. You'd be fine. Mm -hmm. I'd say. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah. And then, you know, get into, you can get into stocks if you want, you can get into crypto if you want um, and also have financial goals, right? For mm -hmm. me, what that looks like is that I want to buy a home in the next, in the next five years, mm -hmm. I want to buy a home essentially. Um, or some kind of property. So that's that's my financial goal. I think you should have your financial goals, like whether that's buying a car for you, you know, or you know, or or like paying off your student loans, right? That was a that was my goal for the past handful of years. Um so like definitely have your financial goals, um, but also like understand your finances mm -hmm. and I'd say kind of like you said, right, build that groundwork. You're gonna have to have a retirement fund right you're gonna have to have some savings on hand um you're gonna probably want to start investing right make that money kind of work for you right mm -hmm. and start getting with that so you know that's my financial advice you don't have to take it i'd say you know of course do your own research but <laughs> um, that's that's my advice you know no i uh I, those are those are great fundamentals i think everybody should should follow in life um all right you know i i am i am curious are you delving into some areas within the diversification of your own portfolio that um maybe uh untraditional or, or something that is 
let's see. I'm a pretty boring guy, right? Um, <laughs> Come on, Andrew, give me something. Low key, I'm, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm in the tech space. You know, of course, I'm going to invest in that. Um, what what tech companies are you like? Are you looking at so, since you've been in the space? Like, what are what are some, I guess, technologies or what are some areas in which you're you're seeing the development now and you're seeing the potential of where that could go? Uh, well. One of the past handful of years, right, Tesla, that was huge. Like, mm -hmm. I, I felt like electric vehicles would be, you know, definitely the next thing. Um, let's see. I, I, these days, I don't, like, all those investments have been done in, like, the past handful of years. I don't really invest anything. Like, I'm trying to keep that. Like I said, I'm trying to buy a property. So mm -hmm. these days, I don't invest anything. I just kind of have, have that. Or I focus on mutual funds. Those are my, like, two favorite things to do right now. So. Mm -hmm. Have you ever considered real estate in that portfolio? Definitely, right? Like that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to buy a home. I'm one tired of renting in, in New York. It's expensive. Right. Well, as like you probably know, as everyone knows essentially these days. Um, so yeah, I'm tired of throwing money away essentially renting. I want to buy a property to kind of hold at least and live in for a handful of years and then hopefully, you know, God willing. Uh, be able to rent, start renting that out and start to kind of get more properties under my belt and then, you know, build up passive income. There that's you go. There you go. I love it. That's the, that's my, that's my financial advice right there. <laughs> I love the real estate game. I think it's just, uh, it's been around forever, right? It's been around since the monarchs, right? Um, and it's still valid to this day. I, I think it's, uh, it's a, definitely an intimidating space. It's one that um, a lot of individuals, you know, see as an opera or ra how, how would I phrase this? So when people think about home ownership, there are a lot of common misconceptions about getting into a home. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, a lot of those misconceptions are like, I have to have 20% down. Like, no, you don't. You know, you don't have to have 20% down. Yeah. Um, you can pay, pay PMI, uh, private mortgage insurance, uh, with, you know, a, a, a lower um, a lower down payment, right? Uh, a, a lot of first-time home buyers, um, some special programs are baked into a lot of these lending institutions like Better Mortgage, right? Better Mortgage has the ability to give you like 3% down on a first-time home buyer's um, loan. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, the 3% down, uh, you put do the basic math, right? 3% of a hundred thousand is three grand, you know, uh, you know, it's a hundred thousand dollar house, but, um, obviously you've got your closing costs and your attorney fees and what have it, but you know, you're getting out, you're getting out. It's probably a $10,000 investment straight up to buy a hundred thousand dollar house. Yeah. And if you save enough, like you've mentioned within your, you know, rainy day fund or just uh, a savings fund in which you're intending for investment uh, avenues, you have the ability to jump into a house or an investment quickly. Now I know that's a lot harder in like New York. I could, I can't imagine what rent's going for right now. Can you mind sharing? I mean, like let's say two, three bedroom. Yeah. 4,000 plus easy. Wow. Like, it's, it's insane. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. Um, I like to play the game where it's like, oh yeah, let's look at, you know, let's look at your rent 
and now look at like mortgage payments for this $800,000 house. Oh, <laughs> you're paying more. Oh, that's great. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that's, you know, that's kind of what it is right now. And I mean, um, fortunately, I know I, I'm in a spot where, you know, I, I, um, I was able to get a good deal during the pandemic when we moved. So awesome. Uh, luckily, I'm, it's not really, it's not gouging. It doesn't feel like it's gouging my wallet at this point. But um, yeah, like with a lot of people, you know, you just look at, look at the rent you're paying. Hmm. You can pay mortgage that's cheaper than that. Of course, right. you know, you have like, you know, housing insurance stuff like that you have to pay too but like a lot of people think it's not possible right and like it is possible and you know i'm glad you're you know you're putting people on game right now and with this podcast and with what you're doing with create equity and putting me on game too so yeah <laughs> yes sir yes sir um well i'm i'm gonna revisit that chess question because you know obviously like i mentioned this is a ponds podcast and uh, i want to understand from you know the the lens of, of Andrew Mangani. What your favorite piece on the chessboard is, and why, and how you embody that piece in your day to day. Yeah. Um, so I, I'd say my favorite piece is the queen, right? Mm -hmm. Like just for your standard reasons, right? Super powerful. But if, if but if I was saying what piece I am, I'd say the rook. Like I feel like for so many years of my life, I was just blinders on. This is my goal. Mm -hmm. Like. Like I said earlier, go mode. Like I'm trying to get, I'm trying <laughs> to get there. I can get there, right? Just like um, nonstop, right? Putting the pressure on, trying to do it, mm. putting that work in. But but these days, I, I want to be more like queen, right? Where I can kind of prioritize my moves more, right? I don't have to go for. I can kind of, you know, work in different ways. Where I think that's the that's the best, right? Where you can have more balance with your life. Um, mm. So work is where I've been. Queen is what I'm trying to get to. Um, it's probably something in there where it's like a pawn can become a queen, you know what I mean? There's, like, <laughs> there's, there's something there as well, but you know, um, like really, I, I just want to be able to prioritize things in my life better. Um, yeah, and, and be able to make more calculated decisions in my life. I'd say. Awesome, man. Well, you know, I, I want to open the floor up to to yourself and and see if you had any questions for for me, um, you know, regarding the podcast. Um, so go ahead, man. If, if there's anything top of mind, uh, we'll use this last bit of time to, to talk about it and then we'll close out. And then I obviously want to ask you a bunch of questions because I haven't spoken to you in a couple of years. So it'd be nice to catch up. Yeah. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is that I listened to like, I guess the first three episodes and I was wondering, what's your favorite piece? <laughs> are you saving that? Are you, if you're saving that, no worries. You know, uh, I, well, I'm curious. I've been waiting for this question. I've been waiting for this question, and um, you know, I've got two answers for you. And, and my first answer is a little abstract. Um, the, my favorite piece on the playing board is myself. I'm the one that manipulates the pieces, right? I'm the one that is able to think about the playing board from an overarching view, uh, which is where you can make some of the best decisions in your life, right? If you just step back from the playing board for one sec, if you take yourself completely out of the game, you remove yourself, right? And you look at that playing board, even if you just got up and got a drink of water, right? <laughs> you needed a water break, you know, put it into like a, a sports talk. You, 
take that sip of water, come back, look at the playing board. You're going to look at that playing board completely differently than how you were before you took that break. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it's important to consider yourself um, as a piece within that game, right? You are the essentially the puppet master of, of your playing board. So, you know, the ability to to move those pieces in, in the way uh, you see best fit is, is powerful, right? Um, I think each piece has its own limitations. Uh, I think each piece has its his has its own um, strengths as well, you know, in which we all embody on, on a day to day. I think if I were going to put it down to one piece, though, um, it would be the pawn, uh, and, and the reason being is um, we are a pawn in somebody else's game. Um, we are a pawn in our own game. And you know the benefits of a pawn is uh, quite simple. Uh, you you move one space with each move, right? Uh, however, when you do go to make that attack, you're hitting it from a different perspective. You're hitting it from a different um, from a different angle, right? Which I love, right? Because you know you think it's so calculated, so calculated, so calculated, and bam, you hit somebody with a you know a different move uh, based off of a lot of premeditated premeditated thought premeditated structure and then obviously like you mentioned there's benefits that the pawn has that no other piece has on that board which is the ability to advance all the way to the end right it's kind of like this started from the bottom story right yeah. uh, this, this american dream of uh of what we're all trying to get to which is this point in our lives where we can be financially free or you know for some other people that might be you know power and fame whatever it it, it is for you um it's very subjective, but the ability to place yourself at the end of that board and then work back in the presence of a different piece mm -hmm. gives you the ability to open up and see things again from a different perspective and a different point of view. Because now you're hitting the game from <laughs> back to front and rather, uh, rather than front to back. Yeah. So that's my kind of long-winded response to, that's great. to your question. That's good. That's good. I appreciate it. <laughs> you got anything else for me? Um, no, that's everything, man. You know, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, definitely. This is great. Really. Awesome. Dude, I, I appreciate it as well. Um, it was a pleasure speaking with you. I know you're a busy man and the ability to retain some of your time for the podcast is, uh, is a, is a good feeling. So, um, very grateful in that respect. So, I'm going to go ahead and just close it out. Um, and then afterwards we can, we can chit chat for a little bit. How does that sound? Perfect. Thanks. Awesome. awesome. Well, for everybody that was listening, um, this was episode five food for thought with Andrew Mangani. Uh, we're speaking about intellectual wellness today. Um, Andrew, thank you so much for your time. And, um, you know, if there's any last remarks that you would like to make, uh, feel free. Yeah, um, you know, first, thanks for having me. Like I said earlier, it's definitely an honor, you know, privilege to be able to talk with someone that I'd call my good friend, um, especially about topics I care about. Um, I mentioned this earlier, but, you know, I do I do host uh, free resume workshops, free technical interview workshops. Um, and, you know, I do one-offs based on, you know, people just, you know, email me and asking me. So I'd say, you know, if you're definitely in the tech space or even if you're just looking for a job and you want someone to look over your resume, I've, I've had 
the pleasure of having people help me out. So, you know, definitely want to pay that forward. And um, you have my contact, Ryan, if anyone, you know, kind of reaches out to you after hearing this podcast, definitely send it my way. And, you know, definitely, man. Happy to do that for you. Happy to do that. Andrews, he'll get you right. I promise you guys. <laughs> but uh, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this listen. And again, Andrew, thank you for your time. Um, and have a good one. Thanks. See you as well.